The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. With the first of his nine Beatitudes, or statements of blessing, Jesus pronounces the present blessing of the kingdom of heaven upon those who are poor in spirit. The first eight of the nine Beatitudes compose a single unit of blessing and are bookended by the first and the eighth, which have the identical present tense statement, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The remaining six are all in the future, for they shall. And so the Beatitudes provide for the Christian church a powerful teaching of blessing for the present and hope for the future. A now and a not yet, which we shall see is especially appropriate for All Saints' Day. But first we must understand what it means to be poor in spirit and what it means to be blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Who are the poor in spirit? On more than one occasion I have seen or heard the Beatitudes understood or as describing characteristics or attitudes that Christians ought to have or to strive for in order to receive blessing from God. In order to be blessed, you must become poor in spirit. Perhaps it is easier to think of it this way when you live in a time of economic and social stability, such as Christians have enjoyed in this country for the past couple centuries. But now things are changing. And now that we don't hold the honored position of being the default spirituality of our nation's people, now that we find ourselves in the midst of a pandemic with historically high unemployment, it's easier to see that this is not a statement of what Christians should be, but a statement of what Christians are. When Jesus speaks of the poor in spirit, he does not speak of certain groups of oppressed peoples, but he speaks of all of us. That is, we are the ones who are spiritually poor. To be poor in economic terms is to have nothing, or at least very little. It means you have nothing to offer, nothing to give, nothing to contribute. A poor man is incapable of feeding others. He has to be fed by another. He needs someone else to step in, to intervene on his behalf. He's unable to do it himself. In a way, in this fallen world, money is power. And so the poor man is powerless. He must rely only on the mercy of others. And so it is to be spiritually poor. To be poor in spirit means that we have nothing to offer for ourselves, nothing to bring to the table. Rather, we require the intervention of another, one who can satisfy our debts. 
who can feed us with spiritual food, one who can take care of us, for we are powerless. Spiritually, we are not just poor, but we are worse than poor. We're debtors. We become increasingly aware of this fact from day to day as our own works, our own attempts at righteousness fall short in the eyes of God and even before the eyes of the world. No, the Beatitudes are not statements of what we should be. They are statements of what we are. Poor in spirit indeed. We have nothing to give except our own unworthiness. We have nothing to bring but empty hands. And so the first Beatitude leads to the second. For it is the poor in spirit who mourn, who mourn over the lost and sinful world which we inhabit. It is a world without light, a world without hope, a world in which men act as if they are something when they are really nothing. They take from others what they do not have and they pretend like they are gods. It is a world gone horribly wrong, a world like a slaughterhouse, a world worth mourning over as we, the meek, continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yet Jesus calls us blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit are blessed because they have the kingdom of heaven. The blessings of God's kingdom are ours now through faith in Christ Jesus. This is especially true for the disciples, for where Jesus is, there is the kingdom of heaven. Yet nevertheless, Jesus is still with us today, even as he promises, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He is with us in his word. He is with us in the waters of baptism, in which he puts his very name upon us. And he is with us in his supper, which is Christ's body and blood given for us Christians to eat and to drink for the forgiveness of sins. Where there is faith which clings to the promise of Christ, there are the blessings of the kingdom of heaven. There is salvation, and there is life everlasting. The first beatitude is in the present tense because it is true for you right now. We may be poor in spirit, having nothing to offer or to give our Lord for our own salvation, but he has offered himself and given us everything, so we are truly blessed right here and right now. But what of our mourning? What about those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Well, the fact is that we are still called to live in this world. But this is not a life without hope. We have the blessings of the kingdom now, and yet our hope is in the future, for the eschatological kingdom of the Son which shall come in glory. Christ points us to his second coming, when those who mourn shall be comforted, when the meek shall inherit the earth. We do not inherit the clouds, but a new creation, the new Jerusalem, we hope for a time when we shall be satisfied, when we shall receive God's mercy in full and the redemption of our bodies, where we shall see God's face and be called the sons and daughters of God. This is the message of hope that Jesus gives in the Beatitudes. It's the not yet part. But although for us it is not yet, it is already now in part for those saints, those faithful departed who have gone before us. And this is the beautiful image that John describes for us in our text from Revelation. The great multitude coming out of the great tribulation who have washed their robes and made them white with the blood of the Lamb are those who are coming out of this life of mourning, this life of hunger, of thirst, this life of scorching heat, this world over which we mourn in the great tribulation. 
Yet when we read this passion and just or this passage in juxtaposition, juxtaposition with the Beatitudes, we see exactly how the saints begin to receive Christ's blessing. We see how the mourning are comforted, how those who hunger and thirst after righteousness are satisfied. For the saints are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them in his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the future blessing which we have to look forward to. This is the blessing which the saints who have gone before us receive right now, even as they look forward to the resurrection. They serve God in his heavenly temple, and they join in the singing of the Sanctus, the eternal song of heaven. And they join with us here today in our song as we sing in our communion liturgy with the angels, the archangels, and all the company of heaven. Our friends, our family members, our beloved saints sing the praises of the Lamb with us as we gather to receive his sacrament. And so this text is especially appropriate for us on All Saints Sunday. We must always be aware that the blessings of the kingdom of heaven are ours now through faith in Christ Jesus. Even though we must mourn over the sin in this world, even though we continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness, even though we face persecution for righteousness' sake, the kingdom is ours today. And so Jesus says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Indeed, those who have gone before us have faced blessings and they have faced hardships, and they have received the reward in heaven where they serve God in his temple. And we remember those saints as we too look forward to joining in that great multitude arrayed in white, where we too shall be comforted and sheltered in God's presence. We shall no longer hunger nor thirst for righteousness, for we shall be covered completely with Christ's righteousness, and God shall wipe away every tear from our eyes. And there we shall joyfully await the resurrection, the full consummation of the kingdom of God, where we shall see his face. But not yet. Not yet, though we take comfort in the blessings of the kingdom of heaven, which are ours now through Christ Jesus our Lord. To God be the glory. Amen. And the peace which surpasses all understanding, keep your heart and your mind with Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.